Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. My name's Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about the Negreira affair. FC Barcelona may be riding high at the top of La Liga, but off the pitch things are not so rosy in the Camp Nou garden. The football club are in a bit of a mess financially and in recent weeks have become engulfed in a scandal over payments to companies owned by a former refereeing official. A court investigation got underway in March, but Barca president Juan Laporta has claimed that the club is the victim of a smear campaign. On today's podcast, we'll be hearing some of Laporta's incredible two-hour press conference defending the club's conduct, and we'll dissect the ins and outs of the case and all the furore surrounding it. I'm delighted to be joined by our resident Catalan News and Filling the Sink football expert, Killian Shields. Hello, Killian. Lorcan, thanks for having me. How are you getting on? I'm getting on very well. It's great to see you. Killian, it's been a couple of months since this story first broke and we were kind of talking about doing a podcast on it, but we were waiting until we had more of a response from the club. So we've certainly got that now. You were at the press conference. We're going yeah, to hear. that was an experience. <laughs> all right. We're going to hear more on that coming up. But so that we get the whole picture, Let's go back to those initial reports and allegations. Tell us about the story. Sure. So in the middle of February, the radio station Cadena Ser, the programme Katie Juges, they published that Spain's tax office was investigating payments from the club to a company owned by Jose Maria Enriquez Negreira, who for many years held the position of vice president of Spain's Referees Technical Committee. Very little other details were published in that, in that first report, but it did not sit right that the club were found to pay 1.7 million euros across three years from 2016 to 2018 and people didn't know why. So it was initially just 1.7 million but it didn't take long for more details to come out that this was actually over 7 million paid between 2001 and 2018. From an outsider's perspective, a football club is paying a referee's official what's going on there. It looks bad. It looks bad. The club, Barcelona, they released a statement that day acknowledging the payments. So from the very beginning, there's never been any doubt that these payments existed. The club say that they're for technical reports, essentially, on the characteristics of referees, as well as that some scouting reports on youth players all across Spain. Referees reports, technical reports, what do I mean by this? Essentially, it was for every game that find out, OK, this is going to be the referee. This referee tends to give out yellow cards if you speak to him in a certain manner. Or this other referee, he tends to give free kicks very easily. Or another one prefers if you address him in the in the very formal, grammatical manner. Or this other guy, it's fine to speak to him in the less informal two sense. Okay. So this kind of things, just to gain these kind of mm, tiny advantages maybe in the, in, in the gameplay. So the story broke in the media, Barcelona responded, but that didn't satisfy the courts who have opened an investigation. Yes, exactly. Yeah, prosecutors were not exactly happy with just the explanations that Barcelona gave. They started investigating it a little bit. And then a couple of weeks later, they officially filed an indictment against Barcelona as a club, against former presidents Sandro Rosé and José María Bartomeu, and against Negreira himself, the former referee's official. In the written document, the prosecutors are accusing Barcelona of having reached and maintained a strictly confidential verbal agreement with the accused Negreira so that, in his capacity as vice president of the referee's technical committee, and in exchange for money, he would carry out actions tending to favour FC Barcelona in the decision-making of the referees in matches that the club played. 
big if true. Big if true, is, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty serious stuff, isn't it? And what exactly are the charges? Right. So specifically, the charges that have been made are continuous corruption between individuals in a sporting context, continuous fraudulent administration, and as well, continuous forgery of commercial documents. And what's all this continuous about? Yes, I've I've added the word continuous there to all of them. It essentially means that the alleged potential crime that may have been committed, it means that it wasn't a one-off. It means that this was a very purposefully done over a long period of time in order to, as prosecutors um, suspect, has led to Barcelona being favoured in sporting competition. Now, the company that FC Barcelona paid this money to was owned by this former referee, Negreira, but his son is involved too, Killian. Exactly, yeah. Supposedly it was the son, Javier Enriquez, who was the one compiling these technical reports on referees and scouting reports as well. For a lot of them in video format and things like that. So. Exactly, yeah. Well, 629 uh, written reports and 43 CDs is what Juan Laporta presented to the press in that huge press conference. So it was the son actually making these reports, but it was for a company. The company being paid was owned by his father, Jose Maria Enriquez Negreira. Negreira, where we get the name of this whole affair from. And it, it's also quite interesting to note. So the majority of the money was paid to a company called Dasnil 95. But there was another company owned by Negreira, the father, called Nisdal. Very similar name. And there was a third company, Soccer Cam, which was owned by The Sun. And these three different companies were, according to various media reports, being paid by Barcelona, but through another intermediary company or intermediary companies uh, in order to essentially hide the fact that money was flowing from the club to companies owned by this former referee. It's also very interesting to note that Dasnil, the company owned by Negreira, the vast, vast, vast majority of the money that it made came from Barcelona. I'm talking about 95% or more. And you mentioned the payments went through intermediary companies. Tell us about that. Yes, exactly. So these are, we know of a few called Tresap, uh, Radamanto and Best Norton. We know that Tresap was owned by Josep Contreras, who is a figure quite important in this whole story. And the other two companies were both allegedly owned and managed by him as well. Josep Contreras was a former Barcelona board director. So he is someone who unfortunately passed away last Christmas. So we're not going to be able to, no one's going to be able to ask him any questions or anything. But he is a figure that's going to be important as long as this story continues to develop. Well, it is going to continue to run. But where are we now then? Yeah, so like I said, charges have been filed. And at the moment, we're currently in the investigation stage. And this is a long process of courts and investigators essentially just collecting evidence, as much evidence as they can. Once that's done, they'll have to weigh up what happens next. They're going to have to see everything that they have and then decide, is there enough evidence of potential wrongdoing to go to trial? And this process, there's no timeline. It could last weeks or it could last years. It wouldn't be strange for such a corruption case, indeed, to be played out over years. So we're going to hear now, Kelly, your report on that press conference that you went to with Joan Laporta, president of Barcelona. Quite an explosive press conference. He, he came out all guns blazing. Before that as well, you'd previously caught up with some Barca fans uh, outside the stadium before a big match against Real Madrid uh, to get their thoughts as well. So let's take a listen. 
something of a siege mentality is taking over Camp Nou. With serious allegations written about their beloved club, Barcelona fans are closing ranks and pushing back against outsiders who they feel want to drag the club down at a time when they're doing well on the pitch. Ahead of the recent cup semi-final tie with Real Madrid, I surveyed the mood among the Blaugrana faithful. Francisco Javier and Mohamed, two fans from Ceuta who travelled for the game, assured that the whole thing was a lie. Barca has never paid for referees, they said. Although Francisco Javier did admit that the story was a little bit weird. Jordi too had no time for the notion of corruption, reminding me that Catalan political leaders in the past have been subject to smear campaigns, and this, he says, is no different. Alba and Carlos both acknowledged that there's an investigation ongoing and said it would be best to wait until more is known before pronouncing. Meanwhile, Andrew, visiting from Ireland, and Emer, here on Erasmus, held similar stances. Don't want to speak, Ness. It's questionable. Yeah, I think it's kind of questionable too. Where does the money go? We don't know. We're looking forward to seeing what, what happens. With serious things written about his club, Barca president Juan Laporta came out fighting in his press conference to explain the Negreira payments. This was a hugely anticipated meeting with the press, with over 100 journalists present, coming a full two months after the scandal first came to light. First off the bat, Laporta wanted to outline his club's stance. Barcelona has never done anything with the objective or intention of altering the competition to gain a sporting advantage. The Blaugrana boss also had some strong words about how he felt his club was being depicted in the media. This public lynching without trial that Barcelona is undergoing is unacceptable, he said. They're playing with the good name of our club, the good name of the referees and the credibility of football. Some people, Laporta says, referring to La Liga chief Javier Tebas, inexplicably and intolerably have come out and said things in an irresponsible manner. Later in the press conference, Laporta chose his words very carefully, speaking in hypothetical terms, being sure not to slander or accuse anybody, but still making a very clear point. A private entity, external from the club outside of FC Barcelona, may have taken advantage of the situation in order to irregularly profit for themselves. For Laporta, if this turns out to be true, he would have to defend the honour of his club, he says. He will want this to be investigated to the very bottom. And if this were to be the case, Laporta outlines, he says that Barcelona would then have to be viewed as a victim of this situation. Victima d'aquesta situació. Strong words from Juan Laporta there. Um, he's claiming, Killian, that Barcelona could be the victims here. Exactly, yeah. And it's worth pointing out that he made those statements before questions. So that wasn't in response to anything. This is something that Laporta came prepared to say. This is a point that he wanted to make. And he's was very careful with his words. He was very careful to speak in terms of speaking about hypotheticals, speaking about conditional, if this were the case. I'm sure he was well prepped by his lawyers. I'm sure he was. But what it feels like he is suggesting or indicating 
is that there could be a bit of corruption happening whereby money is being siphoned out of the club and then potentially redirected into the hands of we don't know who yet. Okay. But at this point, it could be worthwhile to just point out that, I don't know if you remember, but three years ago, in April 2020, uh, a former vice president of Barcelona, Emily Roussaud, he was promoted to the board in January, and then three months later, he resigned, citing a lack of faith in the then president, Bartomeu, uh, Bartomeu being, who is also charged in this case. He gave an explosive interview the day after he left, claiming that somebody, quote, had their hand in the till, directly insinuating corruption among the board. But thinking about that piece of information alongside what's coming out now, obviously we don't have any proof. We can't say for sure that they're connected. We can't say for sure that they're even true. We, we don't know that. But this vice president left three years ago, made these claims in the media, and now Laporta seems to be making some sort of suggestion as well along similar lines. Laporta, of course, said that all the payments to the referee were all above board. He produced, you know, as you said, all these documents and discs of, right, this was the work that was done. This is the work that we paid an external yeah. source for. In the press conference, that really felt like it was a bit of a prop, yeah, you know. A bit he, of stagecraft going There on. was a little bit of that. Three boxes, you know, delicately prepared, lined up for all of the media to, to gaze upon. Take, take At nice one point, he, he pulled out one of the documents, started flicking through it, started reading through it. Even made a little joke. Oh, they even have pictures. And I got a bit of a chuckle, you know. But yeah, it was clear that was a prop to be used in that press conference. So he was saying this is some of the work that uh, that they, that the club had paid for, that it's all above board, that it's all registered with the tax authorities, that this hasn't been hidden from anyone. So what then makes it suspicious? Why why is the investigation going on? Aha, uh-huh. that's, uh, that's a good question. So one, you just have to think about the money involved. There's over 7 million euros have been paid over the course of around 17 years. It's easily over 30 grand per month, even as high as 35 grand a month for 17 years. For what? For technical reports on referees. A lot of people who are in football or football media are left unconvinced at these reports being worthy of the quantity of money that was paid. You could say the same about a a few footballers sitting on the bench. Um, the footballers that have to be professional athletes, that have to live a certain lifestyle, that have to have a certain level of talent. Yeah, but it's undeniable that there's at the top of the game that there's a lot of money floating about, you know. Okay, but then another point. Why does Barcelona in the first place have any sort of financial relationship with the vice president of the referees technical committee? If we remove any potential wrongdoing or potential legality, that alone is morally suspicious. Barcelona should not have had any relationship with a person on this board. If they wanted these kind of reports, surely there's other people, other companies that you can hire to carry out the same work. That doesn't look nearly as suspicious. Maybe former referees that aren't on the official board, for example. For example. And there's also questions being raised about the, the timing of when the payments came to an end. Precisely. So they stopped paying Negreira's company in 2018 And that was also the year that he left his position on the referees committee. Could be a coincidence, maybe not. Shortly after the whole story first broke as well, El Mundo, the newspaper here, published an old bureau fax from Negreira to Barcelona, threatening to go public with these irregular payments, irregular being his word, if they didn't continue to pay him. 
Added to that, Negreira actually first gave testimony to the tax offices in 2021. So this has been investigated for quite some time before it came to light. And back then, he said that the payments were to ensure neutrality from the referees. I would imagine that the referees should be neutral as is without having to be paid exactly from a specific football club. They should be paid from their company or the federation or La Liga or whoever's in charge of them, but not by one specific football club in a financial relationship which was seemingly deliberately hidden for all of these years. Another thing that really kind of stuck out to me when I was studying the official charge sheet from the prosecutors, it it has a very handy table of, of payments, specific payments, detailing the different months and the different types of jobs. A couple of things stick out on this for me. In 2014, 2016 and 2018, Negreira's company was paid by Barcelona to watch and record matches from the World Cup and the European Championships. We're not talking about just a little bit of money here. We're talking about €120,000. And this is something that they're investigating. This is apparently, according to the prosecutors, what Barcelona paid Negreira for, to record matches at the World Cup. That's all there in the in the charges, in the documentation that the, the prosecutors have put forward. Um, I suppose we'll see as we go on how Barcelona further responds to that. Killian, after this Laporta press conference in, the funny thing was that everyone was talking not about the referees' payments, but <laughs> about Real Madrid and Franco and all of this. So how did this come about? Uh, yes, exactly. It's a fascinating insight into how this whole country works, isn't it? Everyone was talking about Real Madrid and Franco. That possibly suits Barcelona quite well, isn't it? <laughs> In that press conference, Juan Laporta brought Real Madrid up on his own accord, making the point that mm, Real Madrid are, he calls them the regime club. He said that they've, for 70 years, had favour from referees. He said that Every single leader of this board, the referees technical committee that Negredo was a part of, was either a player, a member or a fan of Real Madrid. Right. Or in some cases, all three, he (laughs) said, to to laughter in the room. (laughs) Why did he say this? He said this because Real Madrid have presented themselves as claimants in this case. They've put themselves forward as harmed parties. Okay. uh, Harmed by Barcelona's potential wrongdoing. So they've officially joined the prosecutor's case. Exactly. Said, they've put yeah. themselves forward to be private prosecutors and said, listen, I have been done wrong by your alleged corruption. Okay. Um, and of course, there's, you know, a century of animosity between Barcelona and Real Madrid. Precisely. So yeah, this is yeah. just like another layer on top. Well, wh- why, why were we talking about Franco? We didn't actually answer that. Because in response to Laporta accusing Real Madrid of being the regime club, they then, later that evening, published a quite frankly... Bizarre, I would Bizarre, say. absolutely <laughs> outrageously bizarre video on their social media channels just depicting Barcelona being essentially the club of Franco. So they picked a few highlight reels from over the years of Franco or some of his ministers appearing at the Camp Nou, for example, or getting some award. Exactly, and said, exactly. Well, and this was, it, it, it should be said right now that obviously the Franco dictatorship lasted many decades and people in positions of power, people in institutions, be they businesses, be they local political councils, or indeed be they football clubs, People in positions of power in these places were deliberately replaced by people sympathetic to the regime. Mm -hmm. So you could say the club honoured Franco. Yes, they did. It's how the regime worked. The the institution did indeed honour Franco, but those honours were also removed by a fan's vote later on when democracy was restored, by the way. So Real Madrid have 
they're sticking the knife into. What about the rest of the footballing world? We've had reactions from UEFA, the league, the Spanish Football Association. Precisely. There's been a couple of different things. UEFA have opened up their own investigation. Uh, we're going to see what happens with that. That There's, could be serious, obviously. You it know, could on, indeed. That could have big implications on the pitch. Precisely. Uh, UEFA are a private organisation, so they don't need to wait for any legal proof or anything. If they find a reason that satisfies their own requirements to punish Barcelona for this, well, they can do that and nothing can stop them. There's talk in the media, there's some various suggestions that potentially Barcelona could be kicked out of the Champions League. Personally, I feel like if that were to happen, then Barcelona are going to appeal it. It's going to go course. to the Court of Arbitration for Sport. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's immediate danger of that happening, but, you know, I've been proven wrong in the past. But regardless, the Football Federation of Spain have also presented themselves as claimants in this as well, as have the Superior Sports Board, which is essentially the body within the Spanish government that almost works as the sports ministry, but it's not as big as a ministry. And La Liga, as you've mentioned as well, they've also presented themselves as harmed parties in this case. And the president of La Liga, Javier Tebas, he's another important figure in this. He has a huge beef with Juan Laporta. <laughs> they have been sparring viciously in the past couple of weeks. Both of them have called for the other to be to, to resign. I mean, Tebas initially said that Laporta needs to explain these payments to satisfactorily. Uh, and if he can't, he should step down. Then a report in La Vanguardia a couple of weeks later, the newspaper here, published a story that Tebas brought false evidence forward regarding all of this uh, this whole case in, in order to incriminate Barcelona. Tebas completely den denies this. He says that the evidence that he brought forward, one, was not false, two, it didn't harm anybody, it didn't uh, incriminate anybody, and he also claims that it's slander against his name. So that's his side of that. Cases and counter cases and claims and counter claims. And yeah, they're definitely two figures that don't see eye to eye, Laporta and Tebas. Killian, looking ahead, what do you think might happen with this case? Yeah, so obviously it's very, very difficult to tell. I'm, I'm not privy to the evidence. I, I, I can't really make any judgments. But it's pretty clear that it, there's a criminal investigation going on and one of two things is going to happen. One... The investigators find that there's not enough evidence or not enough of anything to proceed and the whole thing is going to fizzle out and either way Negreira is going to enter the lexicon <laughs> of Spanish football permanently that's that's going to that's going to exist another way that this could go is that they do find that there's something to proceed with a a, a trial with all of the different players involved at the moment the trial could also be about many different things. So one, there's obviously the huge suspicion from the prosecutors, for, for one, that Barcelona may have paid to influence referees. That's one thing. There are also plenty of other suggestions that there could be corruption within previous Barcelona boards, money being kicked back in, order, in, in private hands, people profiting off this situation. The investigation will look into all of these if there's evidence of anything to be looked into. And meanwhile, we might have Barcelona celebrating another league title. Do you think it's going to overshadow that for fans or you, do, you don't think they're that bothered? Fans are, from the fans that I've spoken to, they seem very steadfast and sure that there's absolutely nothing to see here. Barcelona have never paid referees. Everything they've won, they've won it on merit. Most take up the line of uh, Juan Laporta, who says that there's no coincidence that these stories are coming out now, sullying the name of the club at a time that they're doing well. Time now for our Catalan phrase... 
What's it this week, Killian? This week it is Notreuren Laigua Clara. Notreuren Laigua Clara, which is like, you don't take out clear water. I have no idea what it means. <laughs> it basically means to clear something up. Right. Um, the fact that I've given you that phrase in the negative would mean that uh, something was not cleared up. <laughs> right. Uh, Notreuren Laigua Clara means something was not cleared up. Right, okay. Notreuren Laigua Clara. Well, that's us for today. Thanks very much for joining me, Killian. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks to everyone who contributed to this week's podcast and thanks to you for listening. We're back again next weekend with another episode of Filling the Sink. Until then, from me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adieu.